0: Hello everybody, we are back with some league action and crew picking up a point at Shrewsbury. As ever, we asked for your thoughts and we received lots of different opinions. We'll start with the away following. Jonathan Ditt thought there was a good backing with a decent atmosphere in the away end. A new formation and Steve Hatton and Jack Jones were in agreement that it didn't quite work for them. Steve wanting the extra body in midfield to help control the game and Jack thinking it led to crew seeding possession too often. We had lots of comments on the new players in the side. Colin Higginson thinks Robertson looks like an upgrade on Lowry. Mark Bertels picking him out alongside Mandron and Kashkett as his standout performers. Max agreeing with the Kashkett comment, thinking he looked class. Dylan liked the look of Kashkett getting in behind and added that Bennett looks absolutely incredible. Pete Robinson singled Mandron out for praise but added the new players looked exciting. Crew suddenly have options again. Alex Smith liked the look of the new players, but felt there were times the front players could have linked up better. Fordo is happy with the performance and thought crew were the better side. Tyler is full of positives, but one negative he pulled out was the Shrewsbury goal being a poor one to give away. Andy Kinnear was also full of positives, creating chances new players did well and they finally scored. With more composure, crew would have won. Not the only person who thought one point was a low return, and Copeland saying it should have been more. James thinks crew should be winning games like that. Particularly after the dominant second half. Andrew Hobson thought there were times when the players looked isolated on the ball with no options, but adds that it will come together with time. Hello and welcome back to the Railway Men podcast. It's been a little bit of time since we had any action to talk about, so it's nice to be back. We have three panelists who all made the short trip to Shropshire on Saturday. So, to introduce them, hello, Tim Robinson. Hi, Stu. Hello, Alex Irani. Hello, Stu. How are you doing? Good, thank you. And hello, Steve Bennett. Hello. Before we get on to the league game, I do think it's probably worth mentioning the Pizza Cup game for a couple of short points. Um, First, I don't know if you guys agree, but I had absolutely no interest in watching this game until I saw the team sheet and then seeing Tommy Lowry's name back on there. I ended up watching the first half before I fell asleep. It was nice to see him back, wasn't it, Alex? However, it now seems that that's gone again. Any uh, hope of having him in the first team?
1: Yeah, it was nice to see him, but I think it was the surprise that was so nice about it. because It sort of came very right left field. He was, you know, out in the cold and then all of a sudden he was back in. And then you think, right, what comes next? Because the impression was always unless he's signing a deal, he's not going to play. So he's like, right, he's now playing. Is he going to sign the deal? But obviously that has gone haywire. Um, he's still at the club. So there's still, whilst he's still at the club, I suppose there's still a chance he can sign. But it doesn't look particularly good at the moment, does it?
0: The other thing of note was Ben Knight getting his first goal for crew. Tim, I'm going to come to you because I imagine you're probably going to want to talk about the lovely cushioned header from uh, Chris Porter that set him up.
2: Yeah, excellent work from uh, Ports and uh, lovely finish, well taken goal and a nice celebration as well. It obviously meant a lot to him, first senior goal. And it was, uh, yeah, it, well, the tournament doesn't mean a lot to many crew fans, I imagine, these days, but it was uh, it was good to get a win.
0: OK, let's go on to Saturday then. Um, second trip to Shrewsbury in two games. Again, something I've noticed this year was another great crew following. Steve, you were one of over a 1,000 away fans, um, including eight, I counted, of our pod regulars. There really has been some cracking away following this season, hasn't there so far, Steve?
3: There has, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, it was um, no exception on Saturday, as you said. It's... Um, we went over on the train, um, and the the train going. We were on the sort of quarter past twelve or whatever time it was, um, and it was jam packed, full of Alex fans. It was it, it was almost like a special train, actually. <laughs> yeah, and it was good, and there was lots of lots of shirts, you know, walking out from from the town centre to the ground. We popped in a couple of pubs on the way, and it it, it was really really good to see the one thing that did confuse us and i don't know what the others thoughts are on this was the sheer police presence there were so many coppers um from minibuses outside the station to being filmed when we got to up by the by the ground i don't know what they were expecting but it, it I think they must have thought Millwall were in town or something because it it didn't seem proportionate to the Alex, really. But um, no, no, it was a really, really good following, very vocal, and um, it was a good day out, to be honest. The the official away attendance
2: yesterday at Shrewsbury was 1,000... I think 1,071. I was very surprised at that because it seemed like there was a lot more there. Um, We apparently sold 850 tickets in advance and when we got to the ground the queue for um buying tickets on the day was huge and I'd be astonished if there was only 200 odd people that bought tickets on the day because it seemed like there was a lot more than that in the queue at the time when we got there so I wouldn't be surprised if there were actually 13 or 1400 crew fans there yesterday but I don't know maybe it was deceptive from the Um, area we were
0: actually in Are you suggesting there's some sort of conspiracy that Shrewsbury are putting out false away figures? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not sure what exactly what I'm suggesting. I'm not sure what they get out of that, but I'm all aboard it, Tim. Tax dodge, tax dodge. Okay, lots of players getting their first game for crew or their first league game for crew. Um, Tim, excited to see this new team take shape?
2: Yeah, I had no idea what their line was going to look like. Before the match, I think it was it, it kind of we were, we were in a pub near the ground as the as the team news came in and we were kind of uh, we were very excited. It almost felt a little bit like the first game of the season when uh, you're really kind of keen to see what the lineups going to be. And it was great to see if the, of the four guys that came in at the end of the window um, all but magic Gomez started. And um, yeah, it was it was an interesting looking um, lineup from the from the formation point of view as well because he was he was clearly going with three centre halves. So um, yeah, it was uh, at, at that point I was very excited to see the to see how it would go.
0: Um, one thing I noticed um, was out of the starting lineup and then out of the subs that came on, there was only three from the academy that started the game, and then only one of the three subs that came on was an academy player. It's probably not something to worry about that we're moving away from that. It's probably more of a reflection of where we currently stand. The old crop has gone. The new cycle probably isn't quite ready yet. Alex, is that how you see it as well?
1: Yeah, it's almost like a bit of a bridging period, isn't it? Where you need to make sure you've got the right quality of players so you're able to compete in League One um, before the kids are are ready in terms of the next gen. Um, I mean, Steve Davis did it in his sort of time after the 2012 side that got promoted when Murph left sort of the summer after, it was there was clearly not a great batch of academy players so it was then reliant on players coming in to ensure that we could still maintain our League 1 status and obviously as the quality of player we bought in dwindled um, we ended up back in League 2 um, and I think we're in that similar period now but yeah, I was excited, it's, it's quite an exciting time to be a fan because there is so many new faces around the place be interested to see how they settle and how they look and on first viewing all the new signings impressed, I thought. I thought Robertson in the middle of the park was excellent. Um, Bennett and Kashkut looked lively, Bennett especially. So I thought, I thought in the first half, we could have changed the game plan and just sort simply said, get the ball to him as quick as possible. We looked like he had their fullback on toast. Um, and yeah, they, they, they all impressed. So I think it bodes well. Um, Robertson looks, I was, I was really impressed with him. I think he controlled the midfield and it was, he was a bit Tommy Lowry. He actually stitched it together, which is where I think we'd struggled in previous games. It all been a bit turgid in the middle of the park. Murph was sort of doing, yeah Murph and Lindstrom were sort of doing similar jobs in terms of battling almost without that lack of sort of quality in, in stitching it all together. So I, th- I think it helps, and I, and I'm all for a back three. Um I think if you play a back three well, you can always allow yourself to have overloads. Um, one thing I was surprised at was I'd have personally played Donovan Daniels at the right center half instead of Luke Offord. I'd have had Offered in the middle of the three, mopping it up, because you want that right centre-back to be, to, they're, they're, they can be quite an attacking outlet. If You take, for example, Chelsea, I've got like Azpilicueta there. He's got a good delivery on him because he has to get into those positions. I look at who, if I was getting in the final third, who would I rather have with the delivery? Would I rather have Donovan Daniels or Luke Offered? And I'd probably say I'd rather have Donovan Daniels. I think he's adept at playing right back a bit better, so I think he's more suited to that role. But Artel didn't see it like that. I can only presume he had him in the middle of the three because I suppose he's quicker than offered. And I think he just in case there was anything in behind his pace could, could sort of bail us out. Um, but it worked. I Daniel's had a good game. So, yeah, I'm all for the back three. I think we've got flexibility in formation, so we could go to a 4-3-3 three, three if necessary. We can play a back three. And I think it's no bad thing having that up our sleeve. I have just realised I spoke a lot of words there in a short period of time. I'll shut up now.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just about to start the, the recap of the game, Alex, but I feel like you've already sort of taken us <laughs> at least half time. Um, Steve, I'll come to you. Um, I thought that the first minute of the game, crew put their best attacking, uh, well, at their best attack for the, for the last four games, going down yeah. the left. Had a BC and Bennett almost getting a goal in the
3: first minute. Absolutely. Wasn't it good to see us going at it from the off? Um, so often we start slowly. But we did, we we did look up for it. And as, as some of the others have said, we you know the players that we, we've got in all seem to be a cut above what we've in years gone by got in on loan. Um they look particularly Robertson, he looks a proper player. He he really, really does. And I I I, I think he may go on to have some career, to be honest. He he looks the part and if anything got stronger as the game went on and um my um my namesake i thought was fantastic what a what pace that lad has got i think if we can get them get them all firing um and all you know liaising with each other a little bit better as the familiarity increases then it it can be no bad thing can it not at all. Um, so that was the first minute. Three
0: minutes, I think there's a case to say that Rio is possibly lucky to stay on the pitch. I there are certain, A few Shrewsbury players would have agreed with that assessment. Um, we'll skip over that. And Tim, 19 minutes in, crew keep up their record of not keeping a clean sheet this season. Um, it felt to me, watching on TV, it was a poor one to concede.
2: Yeah, it looked awful from, from where I was. I mean, Ramsey gets done by I mean the simplest of passes in behind him and then rather than sort of chase his man seems to almost give up um having watched it again I've got a little bit more sympathy for him because Offord's come out of position and tracked his man out over onto the right hand side and neither Daniels or um Thomas has then sort of shuffled across to fill that space so when Ramsey's man does get in behind he's got absolutely acres to put a ball into the middle um so that's obviously it's something we need to work on because we're not used to playing with that back three uh or the, the five cent the five at the back um so it, I guess you know the centre-halves aren't used to kind of shuffling out like they need to in, the, in that circumstance but um yeah it was an awful one um I heard a couple of people saying Yaskalainen should should have done a little bit better. I, I thought he was a little bit unlucky. Really, it kind of ricocheted back onto the striker um, and, and went in. He was it. It wasn't great, but I don't think it was really his fault. Um, that makes yeah. a change.
1: We're not we're not we're not blaming the goalkeepers.
3: Yeah. I know.
2: Yeah, It feels a bit weird, doesn't it? <laughs> um,
3: well, can I can I just jump in there? I don't know what everybody else's thoughts were being at the game, but to me. It looked a clear foul on Mandrong. Um, we were in possession. We played the ball up. Mandrong are absolutely um, obliterated. And um, I think that's part of the problem was that we were in possession and looking to get up the field. And then all of a sudden, the, the video that's on the highlights doesn't show it. It, it starts from half a second later. And yeah, all of we, a sudden, we we're, we're in transition yeah. and in trouble. Yeah. I thought that and referee yesterday was absolutely
2: diabolical. We was guys, was he was one of the worst. He was just, he missed everything.
1: I had a look at how many cards there were, because I remember thinking there was a few yellow cards. There was one bad tackle in that game, which was Rio's tackle. Otherwise, I thought it was quite a mild-mannered game. It wasn't like mm. players were flying into tackles, all that sort of stuff. So how there was like eight or nine players booked. Yeah, nine. Just,
2: Five bars. An Five indictment on
1: how badly he managed that game that he ended up yeah. giving nine cards. There was one yellow card Rios all day long. Um otherwise it just it wasn't a bad-tempered game. So I've got no idea how he's ended up coming with nine games, but he was terrible. Like, yeah. It was it was inconsistent as well. It wasn't like he was, you know, there was nine yellow cards, but he was letting some stuff go and not blowing up. It's the inconsistency that gets you. If you get a panicety ref, at least you know where you stand with him, he'd blow his whistle one minute, not the next. You had no chance.
0: Yeah, so what you all would have missed because you were there would you'd have missed Pete Moss making the same point? You said basically he's got himself into a hole by being weak to start with, and then the yep. the yellow cards came from later on because he'd failed to take that control. Um, I, I agree. I think that it was so stop start, and there was some absolute horrendous ones that he missed, um, like uh, Scott Robertson. I've, I'm fairly sure he had teeth knocked out, and that's what that um, that's, that's what that cool. big delay was for yesterday. wasn't even a foul. Uh, I was terrified about uh, skipping ahead about two minutes from the end. I was convinced he was going to give a penalty for that. Rio, uh, where he tripped him going through. It, I wasn't sure if it was outside the area. I wasn't sure whether he tripped him. But the way the referee had been that game, I felt convinced he was going to give a penalty. But at one of us
3: in the way and thought exactly the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. But we are getting ahead of ourselves because, Tim, we have a crew Alex Lee goal to talk about. Um, do you want to take us through what you saw?
2: Um, yeah, well, I mean, great take from from Manjom. Um it, it it was a decent move. I think it was Thomas or Daniels who played it into Bennett. Bennett sort of turned it around the corner for uh, Lazanzara, who, I mean, it seemed like he kind of miscontrolled it to um, to Mandron. But once Mandron was in, it was an absolutely superb finish. That's my little nickname there, Lazanzara, by the way, for uh, Kaskett. The Mosquito.
3: i tell you what, he's everywhere, isn't he? Absolutely he's everywhere. brilliant. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, he, he's got some lungs on him, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah
0: I think if he, uh, if he keeps running about the way he did yesterday, it's not going to be long before he catches someone out and gets the ball off and scores a goal fairly easy. Uh, yeah, very impressive. Second half, um, I don't know if you guys agree, but it felt to me like we were watching crew from last season at times. Like, we were creating chances dominant, should have scored, striding forward with the ball, actually looking like we knew what we were doing, but we couldn't quite get that second goal, could we, Steve?
3: No, that's right. We seemed to get stronger and stronger and stronger as the game went on, really. Um, and as you said, we, we, we had a few sort of half chances, um, but didn't typically really for us, we didn't necessarily test their keeper too much. And then we get towards the end, and Will pulls off what from the away end at the the far end appeared to be a bit of a worldie um, to keep us level. And then, um, yeah, it, it was it was disappointing in the end, in that we we thought, you know, the feeling I think amongst everybody who'd gone was that we we'd done enough to win the game, really, and probably should have done.
1: Yeah, agreed. It was that second half. You had the Bennett chance. Mandron had a chance. I think there's an element of, we've only got one point this season, we've been struggling, so it's that lack of confidence. Um, but I think yesterday will go a long way for the rest of the season. Um, mm. It
3: and was a real chance,
1: progressive performance.
3: That chance from Mandron at the end, we thought it was in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's,
0: that's the one I've got a note of. Because again, lovely cushion header from Chris Porter, right into his path. And then it just hits that outside stanchion, the one that's keeping the net up, rather than the one that you want it to hit. Um, and then yeah. just
2: took a tiny—you can't see it on the video—but it just took a no. tiny deflection. It was going right in the bottom corner, and it yeah. just kind of skimmed off a defender and took it the other side of the post. Yeah, I thought stuff. that was Mandron's best performance in a cruise shirt yesterday. I thought he was absolutely unplayable. He won every header. He was running in behind the centre halves, could not deal with him in any way. Um Bringing people into play, his his passing, his movement—I thought he was absolutely superb.
0: Okay. And then I think, Steve, you already mentioned it, but that save from Will, um, I do want to just sort of flag it up. Watching on iFollow, um, you couldn't quite see what it, what happened because you know what iFollow is like. There's one camera, it's in the middle of this pitch, uh, and there's a Shrewsbury player that ran in front of the camera before he's making it. But there's a really good picture that Kev, the photographer, has put on Twitter uh, today where you can see exactly what happened. And it was tremendous save. So, you know, we do slate the goalkeepers, but I do think it's right to praise the goalkeepers when they do stuff like that. OK, I'm going to finish off talking about Shrewsby then, just with one final question. I feel like I know what the answer is. Are we, Alex, now more optimistic about the season? Are we happy with the players we've got in?
1: Yeah, I think I think it would be fair to say that. To be fair, I know we've, we've had an iffy start, but the nucleus of the squad was there. We were just really quite struggling going forward. We looked like we were lacking that creativity, but you, that's going to happen when Kirk leaves. Pickering was, was a big an attacking sense for us. Dale as well last season. When those players come out their side and we haven't really replaced him at that stage, you're going to struggle. Um, but yeah, I think yesterday should be, you know, our season started yesterday realistically and I think it was a good start to the season. Plenty to go with. I think, I think the other thing is, is, we've got a proper squad now. Like last season, comparatively, it was threadbare, And I think the reason it was threadbare is, I've got my starting 11. You could pretty much pick it, couldn't you? Because you knew what players you had. This time round, because he hasn't got that, he's uh, he needs more competition for places, I think, and then it'll settle on his side as he goes forward. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. i will be interested to see where Major Gomez is going to come in, um, because I thought the midfield too. I think Murphy struggled a bit yesterday, but I thought Robertson alongside him looked very handy. Um, and then you've got the likes of Ainley and Finney to get back in. Um, so yeah, exciting times all round. Hopefully, we can. Get that win next week. It's glad that we have got a couple of home games now. Hopefully, home back in, we can we can get over the line, and get that first win, and then kick on from there.
3: Yeah, just you know jumping in there, it's something we said while while we when we were coming away from the game yesterday. My brother and I were chatting about it, and we were saying that if we'd have, we'd have won a few games, that that Mandron chance goes in, doesn't it? You know, it, it or that one of the other chances goes in because there's that little bit more confidence. Um, but I, I thought. As a performance yesterday, I thought, I thought we were great, honestly, and, you know, we can't, re- we can't really complain at what we got yesterday in terms of a performance at all, I don't think. I thought, thought they did really well, and it, it's about adapting to a slightly new system. The likes of Pickering, you know, we, we talk about him as a left-back, but he was so important to our game going forward. His overlapping of Kirk made Kirk look an even better player than he was. As good as he was, it made him look even better. And Kirk was a very different player if Pixie was injured or Pixie wasn't available for whatever reason. And so it it is, to me, it is a matter of just finding, settling on a slightly new system and a way of playing. So, you know, it's... Definitely um, glass half full from my point of view and definitely brighter than it was 10, 10, 14 days ago. Tim, do you want to add anything to that before I move on? Just to say that if
2: we're going to stick with the 5-2-3, it would be interesting to see Lundstrom and Robertson in midfield because then you've got two players with real legs, like two real athletes. Um, And look, Murphy's been absolutely fantastic and it's great having his experience in there, but sometimes you are going to get overrun in midfield in, in that formation. And having those two, you know, that would, be, um, that would be quite interesting to watch. But, yeah, I agree with everything that everyone else has said. Um, we, I think we had 18 shots yesterday. The uh, XG was uh, 1.7 yesterday, which is higher than it's been all season. So, um, yeah, real, real positive for us. We came away thinking that if we play like that, we'll have no problems for the rest of the season.
0: OK, that is Shrewsby ticked off. Next, we'll switch our attention to Burton. So this is the last Tuesday without a game for a few weeks, which means Saturday is the next game coming up this week. And it is a home game. Burton are the visitors. They are currently seventh. They've started the season well although they got nine out of nine from the first three. They lost the next one, and they're currently on a run of three draws. Um, Tim, I'll come to you. Expecting a tough game? Yes, always. Um,
2: You know, Ben Garrett's apparently playing quite well for them. Um, Brayford's been in the team. I think he's been suspended for a couple of weeks. And um, our old mate, Kane Hemmings, is leading the line for him. Got a uh, one of the jammiest hat tricks in history of football last year with three goals that we gifted him at Gresty Road. Yeah, I think you know they are one of the. They're a little bit like Atkinson. They battle and scrap for everything. Um, It's another team really that we could do without playing right now. We could do with uh, someone a little bit easier, but um, it is a chance to get a win. Um, And if we we play like we did on Saturday, I'd say there's a decent chance we'll beat them.
0: Steve. Tim has just referenced last season. That game it was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it, last year? Hopefully we don't get another one of them this season.
3: Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely start to finish, wasn't it? It was an absolute horror show, wasn't it? And it's one of those that I've almost expunged from the memory. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, my, my assessment for next, for next week is that it can't be as bad as last season um uh but they are the type of team and the, the way that they play that traditionally we we struggle against um you know the big and strong um long balls and long throws into the box and stuff but you know um as i said it can't be worse than last year hopefully and um let's see see how we go i think there's a there's slowly a bit of momentum building on our side i know it's only two two draws or or whatever that we, we've got, or two results back to back, if you like. But we need to, you know, we we are looking all right, I think, or we we certainly will be get, you know, going forward. So see what we get, eh?
0: <laughs> I've not looked into this. It's just a, a thought that I've got, but we don't really have a very good record against Burton. Have I remembered that right? Or I don't think we've ever won at their place. I know this one's at Gresty Road. We have it? won at
2: their place. I remember we have. one who oh, win
0: there. Okay. But I don't think we've got a particularly good record against them. As you just said, uh Ben Garrett is going to be coming back. John Brayford, I probably think will be back in the team after his suspension. Uh Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, he's made lots of changes to the squad and yeah, they're doing well, aren't they, Alex?
1: Yeah, he's done a brilliant job there. I don't think I think if you look in terms of when he's taken over pound for pound job he's done, it'll be hard pushed to find anyone in the country who's done a better one because they were t- was it Jake Buxton, I think they had previously. Yeah. Um they were terrible. Not ever a really bad side. I remember we should have won at their place last year and obviously it was only an Owen Dale wonder goal late on that got us a point. Um, but he's gone in, he's turned and ran. We know what we'll get. He's got uh, our mate Dino alongside him on the bench. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a battle. You know, they're going to scrap. We just need to make sure we're up for the fight. And then hopefully, if we're up for the fight, our footballing quality will hopefully be able to tell and we able to get three points.
0: So I caught up with Ed Walker from the D3, D4 podcast and Burton fan to look ahead to the game on Saturday. Hi, Ed. Welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me back on. Not a problem. I will say uh, you did start the season. I think you were in the minority of the lower league experts when you didn't predict Crew getting relegated. So you're one of the few that we're still talking to at this stage, Ed. (laughs) Uh,
4: I'll take that. Thank you. (laughs) So
0: we've got you on primarily to talk about Burton. How has the season started for you guys so far?
4: I feel like Burton are probably one of the hardest ones to judge in League One at the moment on the base of the game so far. They kicked it off with three straight wins, a 1-0 win at Shrewsbury on the opening day, then home wins against Ipswich and Sunderland, who were seen as two of the early pre-promotion favourites. So it was all feeling very encouraging. And the following four have been... More the performances and results you kind of expect from maybe a lower half side. So it's been a real mixed bag at the moment. And people are a bit curious about which one of these is more accurate. Are we supposed to be the side that should be winning most weeks? Or are we one that's going to be a bit more difficult to get consistent results out of? Only time will tell really with that.
0: One thing I have noticed with Burton is um, the player turnover. The players you had last season, players you've got this season. It's fair to say that Jimmy Floyd has had a big job on his hands.
4: Are you happy with the job he is doing in terms of who he's bringing in, who he's letting go? Yeah, the business was fantastic. Um, there was a lot done in the January window, of course, but that was to get Burton out of the serious danger in him, which they managed to do. They got themselves clear, got the job done, secured that safety. And it always felt like the next step really was about replacing the loans and building a squad that could compete. What people have really liked about this business is reducing the average age of the squad. There's a lot of players coming in on long-term deals who are, Either approaching their prime or currently in it or a bit away from reaching that high level. So, this is a squad that by the end of these contracts are going to be even better players than they are currently. And people have been really encouraged by that business, for sure. So, it is a high turnover of players, certainly, but it was needed because the squad that was left from Clough and from Jay Buxton was generally quite older and in need of change, really.
0: Two players I think most crew fans will want to hear about are two that are still there Ben Garrett, John Brayford. How are they getting on?
4: Uh, they're both starters. Braithford is the club captain. He's been such a reliable defender, really, ever since he was. he was. He was originally a product from the Burton youth system all those years ago, played for them in non-league, went over to a lot of Nigel teams. went to Derby, I remember went to Cardiff, Sheffield United, played to Crewe, of course, as well. He's such a dependable defender. He's not always had the greatest fitness, which is one of the big problems with him. He's never really been able to consistently get maybe 15 to 20 games in a row out of him, but he's nowadays a right-back, quite a disciplined right-back, not the one that kind of bombs on anymore at his age. The whole back thought to me is the Burton the naturally defenders nowadays. It's The main purpose is defending and letting forward players do more of the attacking output, but he's still Mr. Dependable and he was suspended on Saturday, having picked up two yards against Bolton previously, but he should be back for this game. Garrett, as well, is the starting goalkeeper and is just rapidly looking more and more impressive. The growth he's shown in the last 18 months or so since he signed to the club he's become such a dependable goalkeeper now really confident coming off his line really confident facing up 1v1 Burton generally have quite a setup that is required to block a lot of shots under the fence so shots tend to come in from central areas and it gives Garrett the chance to be really dependable and pick up the ball and he's maybe been Burton's best performer so far alongside maybe Johnny Smith one of the wingers it's been really good season for him. Excellent
0: to hear. Uh, yeah, always nice to hear positives about an academy player that's gone on to leave Crew uh, into the football league elsewhere. Um, so I noticed as well with Burton, there was the first three games of the season, one or three, then there was a loss, and then it's been three draws on the bounce. Um, was that start possibly unrealistic to carry on? Are you about where you would expect to be seventh at the minute or possibly too high, too low?
4: Well, this is the thing no one's quite sure because... The biggest problem with Burton from a squad perspective has been injuries. They've had notable losses, particularly in sort of deeper midfield and striker area. One of the center thoughts they brought in, Louis Maltz from Preston North End, is out injured still to the new year. He's going to essentially be like a new January signing when he finally comes back fit th- to play. They've lost people in deeper midfield, people like Tom O'Connor and Deshaji large as well. So I don't think we've really seen a full-strength Burton-Aurin team yet and won't for the whole of the season. So to be in the position they are in seventh, having won their first three games, drawn three and lost one. I'm kind of left wondering a bit what could happen if this was a full-strength team. It's been encouraging so far, and people would quite like to see what they look like when they are at their maximum ability. Um, Okay, Ed, moving away from
0: Burton then, um, you are, like I say, I think people should know this by now. If they don't listen to the D3, D4 pod, then you have been, I think, the third time on this. You know a lot about uh, League One. Have you been able to catch any of the crew games? you Have been able to see any of the play this year so
4: far? I've not been able to catch any of the games. I will be at Gresty Road, hopefully, at the weekend, so I'll be excited to see them there. Um, look, you, you talk about, it, I'm sure, as much as people on the pod. I'm a bit worried about them, to be honest. I think I remember speaking to you. When was the game last year? Was it sort oh, of February, March end. time? The towards the Western end, Rose. yeah. We were talking about how we were a bit worried as the beginning of the end with that squad, and you have to see it is. You've seen the people go off. They are always going to go. But my problem with crew is that I've always felt they're not the kind of team that would go out and buy the replacements. They'd want to make them themselves. The so replacing quality of those kind of players is a tough ask for any team in this division to do. And it does leave me quite worried about them, to be honest. The lack of goals and the lack of wins at the moment is really, really concerning to me.
0: You've just mentioned um, players bringing in. I think, you know, we've just had this conversation on the pod that I think at the minute we're sort of right bang in the middle of two cycles of academy players. The ones that have gone have gone. The ones that are next and possibly not quite ready. Uh, so we have made quite a few signs, more than I can remember, for a crew in one summer. Um, what do you think about them? Who stood out for you that we brought in in the transfer window?
4: Uh, quite keen on Kane Ramsey, the right back who I believe if I remember right is from Southampton, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah, I quite like the look of him because you know, replacing Perry NG was always an ass. I, I haven't minded Travis Johnson now. I think Ria He might have had a couple of goes there. He's not being a left back as well. So he's probably the one that stood out to me most certainly.
0: Fair enough. It's odd that you said that because I think he probably had his worst game for crew yesterday. But he, oh, has, okay. been, he has been very good so far this season. Uh, yeah, I think quite a lot of us are hopefully optimistic about cash care and Janil Bennett on loan from Spurs. We'll see. Um, Okay, Ed, I'm going to let you go. But as ever, I'm going to ask you one final question before I do. Can I get a prediction for the game on Saturday?
4: Oh, predictions for these because they rarely ever go as you do. Um, I don't think we'll get what we had last time. You know, that 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 game was over at half-time. I've never felt more confident about a win at half-time after that one day absolutely dominated them. The long throw is still going to be there again. I don't know if crew are better suited to dealing with that this time. The last time they're going to need to be, otherwise they're in a lot of trouble again. Kane right. Emmings is back fit as well. So I don't think I'll get another hatch. Put it that way. Um, We've drawn the last three. We feel like it's a bit of a bit of a itty patch of form. Still got people coming back. Fitness. I think there's a chance of getting a result here. I don't want to go for a draw, but I might go for a fourth one, one. I might go for a one-one again. Yeah, thought drawing okay. a row. I mean, which, well, yeah, I, I mean that's what the
0: crew were yesterday. So you know, there's there's precedent there. Yeah. Okay, Ed, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure. It's time now for our competition, um, Tim. I'll start with you. There was some slightly good news, but bad news as well for you this last week. Um, you stayed in eleventh place out of eleven. Um, you have become the first person to have a total number of minutes over two hundred, but you did knock your average score down by a quarter of a minute so you know it depends how positive you want to take that um, Alex, you're currently in seventh you're averaging thirty five minutes out each guest so far from your two guesses and Steve, you're in fourth but you're only only just ahead of Alex averaging twenty nine minutes out um, so Steve, as you're currently leading out of the three on today, I'll ask you for your prediction for the Burton game.
3: Oh, heck. Um, It's the last three, isn't it? 37. Alex?
1: Is it first crew goal or first goal in the game?
0: First goal, Alex.
1: First goal. Okay, just to double-check that. Crew are going to score the first goal last little bit, so it's irrelevant anyway. Uh, 20th minute.
0: Lovely. And Tim?
2: Um what's my what's my average minutes out at the moment
0: so i'll just check that for you there's a possible the highest possible average you can be out is 90 you are currently on 63 and 3 quarters of a minute out
2: this is this is a kids game this. can we go back to score lines
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh 22 and a half
0: lovely so put your money on a last minute winner because tim has spoken okay um we haven't really got a lot to talk about any other business now with the transfer window closed. Um, one thing I would like to make, mention, if uh, you haven't already listened, is Tim and I were guest. Uh, well, we made a guest appearance on the third tier pod where we did a Crew Alex special. So if you haven't heard that yet, do give it a listen. Uh, search for the third tier on whichever website or app you're listening to this on. Uh, I really enjoyed it, Tim. I don't know how you felt. I think you were a little bit under the weather, but you persevered.
2: Yeah, I thought he was quite good. Nice guy guy who uh, spoke to us from the third tier.
0: Alex, uh, we haven't really had your opinion on Owen Dale. Now he's left. He hasn't made his debut for Blackpool yet. Uh, I don't know if you are happy with me saying this, but the last time you and I spoke, you wanted to fight him. So have you calmed down a little bit since then? Um,
1: yeah, I don't think I want to fight him anymore, but it's very disappointing how he handled himself or how it's been perceived that he's handled himself. Uh, by all accounts, just sort of striking to force through a move. It's not how we work. And he's only had one good season. Like two years ago, I remember him saying, and I think he might have put it in the inside crew magazine, which I've not got around to reading yet, um, that actually he would have, he thought the club was going to release him when they did. And they gave him a two new new, new two-year deal and he's gone from strength to strength. He wouldn't have had that anywhere else. If he wasn't at crew, he wouldn't have been a professional footballer. He would have been playing somewhere else by now. He'd have dropped out into the into the non-league pyramid. Um loyalty is dead simple as that there's just nothing left in this game anymore um, so yeah do I want to fight him no am I still furious with him yes um, usually players go with best wishes and you want them to really have a, f- a good fulfilling career uh, I don't want him to have one I, I, his career, I hope his career goes to pot uh, terrible attitude to take
0: but so what I'm still angry yeah
2: Steve, <laughs> say you what you pot?
3: think Alex yeah. <laughs> Steve, where do you fall on that? Um, somewhere nearing nearing Alex, I think, and that's very very rare <laughs> for me too. Um, I think, to be honest, I, I just I just think it's petulance and a little bit sad for for him as a as a I was going to say a child then because it's almost childlike, isn't it, the behaviour. Um, and I, I'll be careful with what I, what I say because I don't want to say too much, really, because you, we'll get us taken off air um, if if I really vent my my spleen on it. But I, I think, to be honest, the disappointing thing for me is that we've all we've all been Alex fans long enough, and as as the others have said, you know, he's had well, I wouldn't even say one season. I'd say Christmas onwards. He, he got he played about ten or twelve games where he was decent. I can see um, uh, a Max Clayton. I can see a um, Maurice Doyle going back some 25 years. He went off to QPR after four games or whatever it was. Um, I can see... I don't think he's anywhere near the finished article that he kind of thinks he is. And it will be interesting to see where he gets to because I think another 12 months... He, he probably would have been, but I don't think that the some of the players and and of those names that you know we can all name, as I said, Max Clayton and various others in recent years. That um, George Cooper as well, I would argue. Um, that I don't think they they realise what they've got. The Alex with the development, the personal development, both on and off the pitch, that they get. You know, they move on and then all of a sudden they're expected to be actual real life adults and some of them aren't quite as ready as they think they are. And um, it will be interesting to watch him from afar, but he certainly doesn't go with my best wishes at all. And I think I speak for the vast majority of Alex fans there. I don't wish him malice in terms of injury or anything like that, but I I really don't wish him well either. So we'll we'll leave it at that.
0: OK, um, a couple of little shout outs from me before we call it a day. Then um, I had a little message from the Singapore Alex supporters group that are now up to four. Uh, they all got together to watch the game on Saturday. So that's nice. You know, we've helped to create that little uh, club out there. Happy with that. Um, I'd also just like to mention the Calm 84 crew game. I mentioned this at the beginning of the Dean Grey Goose episode. They're a team uh, that was set up to help uh, with and to raise awareness of mental health which is obviously an excellent cause. Uh, The game is happening next Sunday at Landudno FC's ground. They are playing the North Wales Dragons. Kicks off at four. So if you happen to find yourself in the Landudno area next weekend, then do go along. Uh, I think that will do us then for this week. So Alex, Steve and Tim, thank you. No problem. Thank you. Cheers, Stu. Pleasure as always. And of course, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Monday. So until then, goodbye.
3: Ba 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 dang, dang, dang ding, dong, ding. Blue
2: moon.